I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, the Stanley Cup final is over. And unbelievably, the St. Louis Blues are our Stanley Cup overlords now. And I can't believe that's actually a thing that happened. It's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, going from the Capitals to the Blues and, you know, you're, know, you're right? talking. Yeah, like. First time winners and what 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 do long suffering fans become after they're not long suffering anymore? They just they could become just like everybody else. That's what they, yes. <laughs> they become. I remember that I read a thing and it might have been a Bill Simmons thing, but it might not have been. I remember when the Red Sox won their first World Series, you know, in a hundred years or whatever it was, and it was like, yeah, well now you guys are just like everybody else. Basically, you're just a big spending team of you know from a big city that everybody hates, and it's like, yeah, pretty much. So. Um, but uh, congrats, obviously, are in order to our friend Dom, who is a huge Blues fan, is from St. Louis. His dad was a Blues fan, got him to be a Blues fan. But we're all happy he also roots for the Islanders, and hopefully he will not forget about us in his moment of glory. But uh, congrats, Dom. That's awesome. I guarantee he did not expect this to happen. <laughs> I've known him a long time. He didn't expect it. Nobody expected it. But it's it's pretty wild to see a team go from last place to the Cup and I think I, I saw it on Twitter. I think it might have been Bonk's mullet that was like, this is unfortunately going to give every shitty team halfway through the season a reason to be like, no, we're still in it. Look what can happen. It's like, no, you guys really kind of suck. But uh, the Blues made a coaching change and called a, a goalie from the AHL, and boom, they, they went on a crazy run. So not going to see that anytime soon. Yeah, and uh, it was it was weird that they didn't shout the Islanders out because they were one of the, the teams that the Islanders fixed. So. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know why you know Barry Trotz has coached one team to the Stanley Cup and in two, and then the next year he helped coach another one uh, tangentially. So yeah, so that's two two wins in a row for him. He's an amazing he's an amazing man, and uh, we'll find out a little bit more how amazing exactly uh, next Wednesday. But we'll get to that later. Um, I was just we were just talking before we came on, and I, I you know I was saying that uh, the um, the Blues have had good teams for a long time, so like the fact that they won a cup this year obviously is surprising. They were in last place, but in January, 
But I mean, I think at some point, a lot of us kind of figured it, you know, they would have won one a long time ago. They used to have Brett Hull and Al McInnes and Grant Fuhr and all those guys, and they didn't win, Chris Pronger, whatever. Um, so to see them win the cup is weird, but also kind of like, yeah, I guess it's not that weird. I could have seen that happen before. And no team will ever, for me personally, top the, I can't believe this happened more than watching the New Orleans Saints win a Super Bowl. Like that to me is still insane because it felt like the Mike Ditka era and the Drew Brees era was sort of like right next to each other. And it's like one minute they're they're being run into the ground by Mike Ditka trying to, you know, trade every draft pick he had for Ricky Williams. And the next minute they're signing Drew Brees and they're winning Super Bowls. It's like, what the hell just that? That to me is still the most mind boggling. I can't believe these guys won a championship moment of my lifetime, followed right by another NFL team, the Seattle Seahawks, who I still couldn't believe won a Super Bowl because, I mean, they're the Seahawks. How the heck did they even get here? But uh, the Blues don't get quite that high. Uh, the Capitals, I guess, are kind of in that vein. But I don't know. Still, like, they've been pretty good for a long time. I guess we all figured they would have won one at some point. But uh, it, uh, it's, it, it hasn't registered to me that this is kind of a weird thing that, you know, 50, what, what, two years have gone by and the Blues haven't won one because they were so good for so long that they probably should have had at least one by now. Yeah, they, they, how do you not accidentally win one when you're making the playoffs like 27 years ago or whatever they did? Like, Al Goddamn McInnes and Brett yeah, Hall exactly. And, you know, like they never, they never were bad. Like the the, right. the first, the first year the Blues were bad uh, was really was kind of that same effect you had with the Saints. Like, like how are the Blues in last place right now? And I think they traded like Keith Kachuk to the Thrashers. Yeah. And was, <laughs> the, the Blues are gonna miss the playoffs. That's not supposed to happen. Right. And uh, I think Chris Osgood might have. Been on that team. That was that was My talk name. about weird. The weird, the weirdest thing ever was when when Chris Osgood was a. It was weird. <laughs> it was weird that he was an Islander for sure. But right. like then the Islanders being the team to trade him to the Red Wings at the time, division rival for right. you know, Justin Papineau, I think. And, <laughs> I was gonna so say, like, yeah, Justin I think Papineau. yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't remember who else it was, but uh, I think there maybe was a, a pick tra- in there. Yeah, yeah, it was a pick that like might have turned into like Justin Mapletoft or whatever yeah. it was. But uh, yeah, that was that was when uh, Mike Milbury. Turned the, the keys over to uh, to Rick DiPietro officially, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't need to revisit that at all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I always find it weird that the um, the uh, Blues and Flyers and really Bruins, I guess, although they missed it a couple of years in a row. Like for them, missing the playoffs is the anomaly because they're just always in the playoffs. So like when the, when the Flyers aren't in the playoffs, to me, that's weird because they spent. You know, they, they basically went from like 1968 to 1992 or whatever it was. The, you know, they went from the Bobby Clark era to the Kevin Deneen era without ever missing the playoffs until Deneen's time. And then they went to Lindros and then they never missed the playoffs, it seemed like, again, and for another 20 years. So, uh, And then the Blues, like you said, they just were always around. Now, Wyshynski uh, called the Blues NHL wallpaper, which I thought was really apt because they are. They're just sort of always there and you don't really notice them, but. We notice them now because they're the champs. So good on them. Congratulations again, Dom. And congratulations to our friends at uh, St. Louis Game Time. Uh, really, really good blog. They don't have uh, the, the readership that we have, of course, but that's okay. But but they do a great job, and uh, they're, they're just great people. And it's nice to see uh, Laura in particular, who's the editor there, is really great. And so glad to see them all won. Uh, but um, bringing, uh, bringing matters a little bit closer to home, uh, the date right now is uh, June 13th, probably June 14th by the time you're listening to this. And as, as of right now, the Islanders still have a few free agents to sign. They signed Brock Nelson. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago. Um, but Andrews Lee, uh, Robin Leonard, uh, Jordan Eberle, Valtteri Vilpula, we got to throw him in there, uh, are still unsigned as of right now. And, um, you know, I'm sure that the wheels are in motion behind the scenes. But as far as we know, uh, not a whole lot has changed. Arthur Staple wrote in The Athletic uh, earlier this week. Um, that uh, the hang-up with Lee still seems to be years. Uh, he wants to go longer. The Islanders want to go a little bit shorter. Uh, and, you know, yeah, he's the captain. Yeah, he's a UFA. But this isn't really like a John Tavares situation. It's more like a Franz Nielsen situation where Nielsen, like Lee, wanted to stay and was ready to sign. And for whatever reason, you know, the delay gets longer and longer and longer. And as he gets closer to seeing what else is out there, all of a sudden the the landscape changes. And, you know, Nielsen's case, he, he left. And uh, I think most people, even even Staples says that Lee is most likely going to sign at some point, but it's getting pretty dark out there. And uh, Jeff Skinner just signed for $9 million a year up in Buffalo for eight years. And 
they have similar numbers, but they're different kind of players, obviously. Um, and so I, I we've talked about it before. I think this is going to be a weird deal. Um, somewhere along the line, he's either going to get too many years for, you know, cheaper money, or he's going to get too much money for fewer years. I, you know, it's going to be hard. We all love Anders Lee, and he was on. He was doing some charity stuff with Kevin Shattenkirk of the Rangers recently. You got to love this guy. I mean, he's just a great human being. Um, but this is going to be a weird contract, and the fact that it's so close to the free agency period makes it even more weirder and more scary. Because, come on, dude, we just need you to sign the contract already. Just, just put you know, find a, a middle ground and do it because you're driving us all a little crazy. Yeah, he's. Uh, it's definitely going to be the strangest negotiation. Just, and we've talked about it last time with with Arthur and just the optics and of that the fact that this guy's your captain and you know, like you said, like he is the. He's not the face of the franchise, but he is the kind of moral compass, I guess, of the franchise. And uh, <laughs> you don't want to lose that guy. And uh, it would suck. And it's just the other thing that sucks is like it's, he's not, you know, it's not just him. Right? So obviously Robin Leonard also out there still. And I haven't heard much as is, you know, tradition with, with Lou Lamarillo. Really, you just don't hear much going on. And uh, that's kind of scary. Although the, peculiarly, the, the, the only people we've really heard the past you know week or so about Islander free agents was coming from uh, uh, Dave Pagnotta at the fourth period that the Islanders and haven't really closed the door and Jordan Everly. So wouldn't that be something if, you know, <laughs> the, the guys we expected to to stay in Leonard and Lee uh, walk, which would suck and, you know, Everly stays, but who knows? I mean, it's just, it's frustrating because it's completely out of our control mm. as fans. And uh, we've, we've learned the hard way uh, ever since, uh, the yeah the Franz Nielsen and Hoposo uh, calamity that the uh, this the stuff just can go awry very quickly and unexpectedly. Uh, yeah, the uh, the Leonard situation is probably the most mysterious because I think with Lee, like we kind of can kind of visualize what he's thinking versus what they're thinking. With Leonard, it's kind of weird because. He was signed for this bargain basement deal because he needed a place to play after getting let go by the Sabres and having, you know, changed his entire life and cleaned himself up. And the Islanders needed a goalie in the worst way because they only had one on the roster. Uh, and so it was kind of a, a marriage of convenience, but it turned into this this real love affair. And, you know, we would hate to see this guy go. Um, but it's, you know, we haven't heard a whole lot. And I, I wonder what the deal is. Like, I think for most people... You know, it's kind of like, oh, give him, you know, four by four or four by five and call it a day and be done with it. And, you know, he gets a security of a couple of years under his belt and he gets to build a home here and he gets a he gets a serious bump into what he's made last year, which I think was what a million and a half or something like that. Maybe not even that much. Um, but, you know, in what we thought would it might have been the easiest signing of the whole trio uh, has also kind of gone to the wire here. And uh, Dan and Noel brought up a good point on their their Isles Buzz podcast this week that um the initial awards show is next Wednesday. It's the 21st, right? Is that next Wednesday? Let me just double check. Uh, the 19th, excuse me, is is the 19th. Uh, and so they basically have a week or so to get him signed because if he goes up to that podium and accepts the Masterton Trophy and is listed as a finalist for the Vezina and he doesn't have a new contract, boy, that's going to be kind of weird because then you got the, the draft coming up two days later and – you know, talk about optics. Yeah, the optics of the Lee thing, if, if he were to walk away, are terrible. But <laughs> the optics of your goalie, your, you know, Vezina Trophy finalist, Masterton finalist, probably winning goalie going up there and being like, hey, thanks to the Islanders for everything, and not having signed with them is just – that's just really weird. And then you've got people kind of gossiping in the in the seats, you know, about what's going on, what, what are they doing out there. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's Jay, weird. Jay Moore will be making jokes <laughs> up there on the stage. P.K. Subban will be asking him weird questions. But, yeah, I mean, I, you know, yeah, with Leonard, I don't know. I, I mean, we all want to see him sign and, and you know, we all want to see him move on. But it's kind of – he's. I think him – he's the most surprising to to be in this situation, right? I mean, I, that, I, I think so. I, I don't think anybody else would have surprised me. But him him being here surprises me. Yeah, I don't – I don't really I, – I just didn't see this coming. Especially the, the – Neil. Uh, excuse me, the Nelson thing kind of – was a, a salvo, like an opening salvo. It felt like, hey, we're getting all our ducks in a row early. And uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a tough spot. I don't really know what else to say about <laughs> how I feel because it's just, it's an un, unwanted stress 
stressor, basically. <laughs> I just wanted it all to be done. Because, look, the, the Islanders, no matter what, like people talk about the Islanders and their cap space and stuff, and there's no way the Islanders are going to land one of these big fish. We, we, I mean, I don't want to say no way. There's very little chance. We know that Matt Duchesne and Artemi Panarin, they're not going to come to Long Island and over, you know, a, a, the same deal in Nashville or the same deal in, you know, L.A. or wherever, whoever else has cap space because, you know, why would they? You know, if you're looking at it from the outside, looking in, there's the Islanders are playing in two arenas, one of which is, you know, horrible. And, and the other one is, is, you know, not up to not not even good enough to have sports betting kiosks in it because it's not a major league arena. Like this is this is a this is just strange stuff because uh, with what's going on here and and we talk about a lot how the team the the players that know what it's like here love it and like mm-hmm. like Matt Martin and and came back because and he knows and he can he can tell people on the other side like all he wants that how great it is here but it's st- you, they still won't know until they're on the side and so getting someone like Artemi Panarin from who's from Russia and, and mm-hmm. to be like hey look no this is this is not that bad a place look at the schools and the, and the, <laughs> the beach and we got you know all this other stuff it's a great place to raise kids like why would he come so yeah. it's just better to get these guys you know wrapped up and and, and then I don't want to say kidnap, you know, but but that's kind of like what trading <laughs> trading for these for you know Jason Zucker or or someone like that would be, you know, like we kidnapped Johnny Boychuk and Nick Letty. They would never come here, right. you know, on their own volition. We had to go get them. Uh, so that's basically what what the Islanders need to do. And uh, I mean, I think there's still an opportunity to do that. They sure. they they definitely can go and and pull off a, a big trade. They have the assets and the room, but uh, it's it's got to start with getting these guys kind of under under wraps first yeah um yeah i, I mean I, I, i've said it before i don't think i don't think panarin's coming here at all uh you know i, I don't think he's ever gonna say yeah sure i'll sign there and supposed to like florida or whatever where he can sit in the sun and play for a pretty good team there too um i think uh it was dave pagnata as well that mentioned that both letty and hickey have been made available by the islanders um i'm not sure what either of them would would fetch but darren drager had a weird tweet today uh that came across you, you mentioned cap space and he was like oh that the islanders would need to to move letty uh because they need cap space and i'm like why would a team with like 30 million dollars in cap space need more cap space i don't know who they who are they planning to sign lebron james like i don't understand who who are they gonna well, who are they well gonna it's do? because we're we're gonna trade for zaitsev and marlo yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay uh yeah in, in their dreams so i guess that's my way of saying just you know think about what you read before you 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 know jump to conclusions uh I'm not saying the Islanders, you know, wouldn't make trades, but I don't know, it just seemed kind of weird to me. But um, yeah, I, you know, I, it is it is a weird situation. I'm not quite sure what to say. And they do have time, though. Again, that that uh, that award show isn't a, until a week from now, and they have a whole weekend. And um, yeah, Everly apparently hasn't closed the door yet on returning to the Islanders. And uh, our friends at Defending Big D had an article about. You know, free they do free agents articles, and they were like, "How come nobody's talking about Jordan Eberle?" And I felt like saying, "Dude, we're talking about him all the damn time. Like, we, you know, we'd like him to stay. We would like him to stay and play with Matt Barzell because they had the had real chemistry." And um, you know, when you when you have a team as likable as the Islanders had this year, you don't want to see anybody go. And I don't I don't think any of us want to see right. Jordan Eberle go. And he seems like such a good dude. And and I would love to see him get even better with with Barzell and maybe start the season where they should have been last year. Whereas, you know, last year it took a few games and took you know three quarters of the season for them to finally be put together. But, uh, you know, I think if they signed Everly, I don't think it would be surprising. Um, you know, again, that's another one like Lee, like I feel like it's one of those contracts that might not be perfect, but you know, if he stays, then you're like, Hey, he stayed and, and that's okay. And you, you move on and you're like, yeah, this guy worked here, so let's keep him. But uh, I feel like, you know, if if he doesn't get some ridiculous contract from somebody else, you're going to be like, man, I don't know why we just didn't keep that guy. He was probably pretty good. Um, but if he gets some like seven by nine and a half contract from somebody else, it's like, well, then too bad. See you later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's I think that I think every Islander has the same attitude for all the Islander fan has the same attitude for all these guys. And that's the Jordan I really want. <laughs> yeah, just uh, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, but, uh, Arthur also wrote an article, uh, regarding possible trade, uh, targets. And this is a kind of an, an article we've kind of danced around this a little bit, even when we had, we had Arthur on a few weeks ago. And, uh, some of the guys he mentions here, he mentioned there too, Brandon Saad, 
uh, would be a guy, you know, the, the Hawks keep trading him. He keeps just, I don't know. He's had a weird career. I, I He's one of those guys that I, and I blame, there's one man who I blame for Brandon Saad being seen as a bit of a disappointment. And that man is Pierre Maguire because for years we saw the Blackhawks in the playoffs. They were winning Stanley Cups. They were very good. And Saad was very good for them. But he made Brandon Saad sound like Denny Savard. Like every time he had this puck on his stick, Pierre would like blow a gasket and tell you how great this guy was. And he's from outside of Pittsburgh and the whole thing. And Sidney Crosby, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and you know, he's an okay player, but his career kind of got a little bit derailed. Uh, that second year in Columbus wasn't that great. He got traded back to the Hawks. He hasn't been that great since. So I think he would be an interesting add, uh, you know, if, especially if they traded Nick Letty back to Chicago for him. Uh, I don't, not against it, but you know, I also don't quite sure know where he's going to fit and I could see it going completely sideways. Also, um, Jason Zucker, who you mentioned before, I kind of would like to add him cause I feel like a guy who's been traded that many times, almost traded that many times was going to have a bit of a chip on his shoulder. I think he'd be pretty good. And, and the wilder, I mean, if you're not, haven't been reading, um, if you're a, an athletic subscriber and you could read Michael Russo's latest on the wild, you know, Paul Fenton sounds like, uh, a guy who might not have his eyes quite on where he should <laughs> uh, as a front office guy. So we'll have to see. Um, Mike Hoffman's another one. I don't know if the Panthers would necessarily trade him. Uh, you know, he's making a lot of dough and maybe if they want to shed some salary to sign on Artemi Panarin, then the Islanders can reap the benefit. But uh, also JT Miller, who's uh, with the lightning uh, who could find his, him moved because the lightning have a ton of dudes that are really good and they need to be signed. So he's an interesting kind of character, you know, he's a little bit like uh, like Brock Nelson. He's kind of consistent, but not the sexiest player out there. Um, wouldn't be the worst ad in the world. But again, it depends on what they give up. And I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, is anybody out there kind of piqued your interest? Like, hey, what if they try and get him? Maybe somebody who's on the list. Maybe who's somebody who's not just out there. I don't know. Maybe somebody who makes sense in a Nick Letty swap. Yeah, you know, this is not in a Nick Letty swap, but I said when Arthur was on, like, I, I just have a feeling that either we're going to see either Oposo or Nielsen come back our way. Uh, I just don't Grab, know. Grabner. You know, yeah, so, Grabner. So Staple mentioned Grabner. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, the Coyotes actually make some sense as a as a partner, too, and uh, I'm sure that they'll have to make sure it's okay with the Blackhawks first because that seems to be, like, their parent <laughs> their, their parent club. But, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, there. I mean, there's a couple guys, like, when this stuff starts popping up, there's there's – I try not to focus on guys I want because it's just, you know, it's hard to, to be like, oh, they'll go get, you know, then go get him. It just doesn't work out like that. But, uh, you know, then there's, there's the guys that you don't want. And, and we've already talked about, you know, joked about Zaitsev and Marlowe, who James Myrtle at The Athletic thinks is going to be, you know, the easiest thing in the world. It's like almost a foregone conclusion that the Leafs are just going to be, you know, free of, of these contracts and uh, no basically don't have to worry about their cap space because these guys are going to be completely off the books um, but that's not going to be the case. Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, I look out at, at like San Jose as well. I think they're, they have a couple, couple guys like, uh, I know Jonas, Jonas Donskoy is a free agent, but, uh, the guys I don't want like Zaitsev and Marlowe, I don't think the Islanders should kick the tires on Corey Perry, Perry at yeah, all. No, no, uh, not for that much. Yeah, that this exactly. It's just, they're, they're just, they're guys like that. Like the Islanders should just try to avoid getting, um, getting kind of entangled with, uh, because it's just not 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 the right thing. Like they there's they have they have a position of power with the chips they have in the in the cap space. So if they can find a way to 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 take advantage of that by adding, you know, I think Mike Kaufman, you know, he comes with some baggage, but like that's the type of player they should be going for. Like someone who who has forty goal potential that would be unlocked with with Matt Barzell. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hoffman of, of these guys is probably the most explosive. Uh, actual player. Uh, and, you know, I mean, again, the other guys, you know, there's nothing wrong with Jason Zucker. He had 33 goals a year ago. And and Miller, as I'm just looking at his stats here, is a basically consistent 20-goal guy. But, yeah, uh, Hoffman is a guy who can just kind of blast it. And I, he had 40 goals this year for a team that people kind of forgot existed halfway through the season. Um, you know, another team that's kind of interesting that makes might make a good trade partner are the Golden Knights. And, and as Arthur puts it in his article, like, it's kind of surprising to think of them in this way, but they're up really up tight against the cap. I mean, they forked out big contracts to Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone and and guys, and they signed uh, Flurry when they first when he first got there. And so, got somebody like Eric Halla, 
Cody Eakin. Um, I feel like uh, William Carlson might be a free agent coming up, or maybe yeah, Jonathan Marshall. I mean, yeah, people have talked about Marsha so a little bit, which you know would be awesome. Right, but another explosive. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, it will be weird, but uh, you know, maybe maybe Lou can get some feelers out to those guys and and see what the story is. And uh, you know, all that supposes, and we're talking basically all about forwards because at this point, it seems like their defense is more or less kind of set. I mean, you've got the top four guys. If if they move Letty, that opens up a spot for Sebastian Ajo, maybe a uh, Noah Dobson at this point. So uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that's kind of where they're, they're, the big changes are going to be happening. I can't imagine there'd be a change on defense. Although Staple did mention that maybe Scott Mayfield could potentially be a tradable asset because he's not making that much. He had a really good season last year. He's not saying he's going to get traded, but you know, he could be a guy. Uh, I think the handedness was an issue. I forget who's using what hand at this point, but, uh, you know, that could be an issue. And so if somebody wants somebody on a certain a defenseman with a certain handedness, uh, that might make Mayfield a little bit more uh, suitable than Letty. Although, again, it all remains to be seen. But, you know, weird stuff happens at the draft. Travis Hamannick was traded at the draft and uh, a couple other moves were made at the draft. So we'll kind of keep our eye open for that next week. Um just to kind of see, uh, as far as draft previews go, Dan and Noel did a whole episode. They talked to Russ Cohen about the draft. They have done the research. They know what they're talking about. We do not. <laughs> so if you want a draft preview and you haven't already listened to it, listen to them because they've done the research. They know what we're talking about. And uh, some intriguing names in there. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Philip Tomasino is a guy whose name gets kicked around. And apparently he's in the, if he falls to the Islanders, that's awesome category. So, which means he probably won't. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, it's always fun to, to watch a draft and see everybody be like, oh, he's this guy compares to – he's like Sidney Crosby. Everybody's compared to Sidney Crosby or Larry Robinson or Chris Pronger, and nobody ever turns out that way. So that always drives me crazy. <laughs> I, the, the first draft I ever watched was Sean Bergenheim got drafted, I think. And I can't – I mean, I, it might have been on ESPN. I don't really remember what how I was watching it, but um, – and. They the, just the way that he was. T- I think that might have been like my first real introduction to Pierre Maguire too, and and he was just he was just stoked and and uh, and then the second one was the Islanders passing on uh, Zach Parisi oh. for for Robert Nelson, and it was the same thing. And I think P- Pierre was like, "Oh, this is the Islanders have hit a home run. Parisi's landing in their lap," and and then they went with Robert Nelson. So. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, Craig Custins. I hate to keep plugging the Athletic. Uh, I'm not on their payroll. I promise you. But uh, they, uh, Craig Custins had a thing, and I, I knew I knew I shouldn't have read it because I did, uh, and, and or I should say I knew I shouldn't have read it. And then as soon as I started reading it, I did. And he was talking about like comparing players to to other NHLers, and he had a disclaimer in there saying not all these guys are going to turn out this way, but. You can't do that and then be like, you know, Jack Hughes compares to Sidney Crosby. Like, you can't do that. You just can't because nobody cares. Like, you know, you can't say, well, this guy compares to Sidney Crosby, but that doesn't mean he's going to turn into Sidney Crosby. Then the whole exercise is pointless. Like, I don't understand what, you know, tell me the guy compares to somebody who maybe, you know, second line center. There's nothing wrong with being a second line center in the NHL. I don't know why everybody has to be compared to Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid or whoever. Like, it's okay to be a center. And the Blues just won a friggin' Stanley Cup with, like, Three second line centers all playing on their team. Like, I mean, it's pretty good. So I don't know. That's that's kind of stuff drives me crazy, especially around this time of year. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. And uh, yeah, I think I think the yeah, I mean they they really nailed apparently. You know, seems like with Dobson and Bodie Wild, right? Yeah, and and Wallstrom, if he you know realizes his his close to his ceiling, like the Islanders really nailed last draft, yeah. and that gives you a luxury. You know, to, to take some swings in in uh, in the in like the the next draft. So I wonder if if that's kind of what what Lamarill is thinking here, and uh, he's more willing to part with with assets and stuff. Yeah, you never know. It's it's possible, but yeah, no, definitely. And uh, you know, Wallstrom, I think, is going to get that full year in the AHL, and I think uh, it'll be uh, it'll be good for him. And yeah, he maybe he'll he'll go the Michael Dell Cole route and kind of have an up and down, you know, kind of a, a a quiet year, and then all of a sudden come back and be like, oh my god. This guy's pretty darn good. Uh, okay, so um, we're going to uh, switch gears on the second half, and we're going to talk about a topic that we haven't really sort of discussed in depth in a long time, and that is the Islanders' potential arena in Belmont. Uh, we're going to have a special guest with us, uh, Mark Berner from Horse Race Insider, and uh, you're going to want to hear what he has to say because it's pretty awesome. We'll see you uh, on the other side of these messages. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So uh, all this time, we've talked a lot about uh, Islanders topics uh, ranging from the big to the small. But one topic we, we kind of haven't really drilled down on, uh, and it kind of got pushed to the back burner a little bit, which is kind of weird, is uh, their uh, upcoming uh, or potential arena over at Belmont Park. And, you know, we heard a lot about it and then it kind of went quiet. There were lots of studies going on and uh Nobody knows what's happening right now. We're all kind of waiting and chomping at the bit, hoping that hopefully some we get some news soon, especially now that the season is over. And uh, we decided to bring in an expert. He writes for Horse Race Insider, covers Belmont, and he has written a lot about this arena. And uh, we're happy to have him with us right now. His name is Mark Burner. Mark, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's 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 our pleasure uh, for, to have you on. Uh, you've written about this subject probably longer than most people have outside of Maybe some people in Newsday, but even really not even that as much as them. Uh, I want to start with this past weekend. It was the 151st running of the Belmont Stakes. It was won by Sir Winston. Uh, you were obviously there. It was a huge day for, for the local racing community. And uh, I guess my first question is, was there any sort of scuttlebutt or conversation about the arena for and from people at the race? And if so, uh, what were they saying? Well, no, most people were tuned into the race uh, <laughs> they weren't thinking and, about the new york islanders are you kidding me <laughs> uh, well not to, to be honest with you no uh, but uh I, I did find out some information i oh, talked nice. to jack stern over at the empire state development and uh the final environmental impact statement is due out by the end of this quarter which is the end of this month and uh once that's out then there's three approvals that they need to get. One is from the Empire State Development Corp, which is pretty much a rubber stamp, and uh, the Franchise Oversight Board, which is also pretty much a rubber stamp. Uh, the third one is the Public Authorities Control Board. And uh, the governor kind of stacked that board after the Amazon failure, and I don't think he wants to have another failure because he's running for office and uh so that that's the last group that has to approve it and all these things were supposed to be done by the end of the second quarter uh but obviously if the final environmental impact statement is going to come out at the end of the first quarter it's going to take some time into the third quarter before all these boards meet and, and give their approval when are we talking about for sort of a final, you know, yes, go ahead and do this sort of thing? If all that stuff happens at the end of the month and then we need other people's approval, I mean, that, that could take whenever. But I know we know the owners don't want to start. You know, they, they want to get started as soon as possible to have be ready for, the I guess, the 2021 season. Uh, so when do you think we would hear sort of the final go ahead for the project, uh, given all that stuff? Well, I, I imagine all these boards would meet as soon as they can. I mean, they have uh, scheduled meetings, but they also have uh, the opportunity to meet whenever they need to. So I think once the final statement, the uh, environmental impact statement is in, all these boards will meet. And I imagine it wouldn't take them more than a week if they really, uh, you know, want to get to it. So uh, Belmont closes on the 7th of July. Do I expect them to break ground on the 8th? Well, <laughs> I, I don't 
think so, but maybe they could. <laughs> uh, you know, that's still up in the air. Hmm. But uh, I am, I imagine sometime in July. All right. So, is, so yeah. we're not talking about like a months long thing here, then. No, no, not not. It shouldn't be. Huh. And uh, they have all summer to do whatever they need because they don't race again at Belmont until September sixth. All right. Mark, what I have a question, just like yeah. in, in regards to the horse racing community, um, fan, uh, maybe maybe horse racing fans who are kind of Islander or even hockey or even you know other sport agnostic or don't really pay attention to it, are they pulling for this development to get done or are they are they kind of opposing it? Well, there's mixed feelings. Uh, one is that, well, maybe this could help racing and get some people into the place. And the other one is they don't want to lose the charm of Belmont. They don't want uh, a hotel where there used to be a park area. Uh, you know, th there's a lot of sentiment there, but, uh, you know, s sentiment doesn't really move the opinion uh, <laughs> too much. It, it, it's, you know... $40 million, which is due to the state when they sign this deal, that's going to move the opinion. So, I mean, they, they're kind of, they understand that the bottom line is that this kind of thing happens because, I mean, this isn't going to just impact the Islanders. I mean, you put a hotel and a retail village there. Obviously, for the New York Racing Association, this is a big deal. And it's going to, I guess, ideally bring more people out to Belmont on days other than just the next annual running of the Belmont Stakes, right? Like, this is a big deal for them. Yeah, yeah, there's, there should be some kind of uh, synergy there with the track trying to attract uh, people from the hockey community to come to the races. And uh, and certainly if they're shopping there and people come for other reasons, entertainment and, and concerts, uh, it's good for the racetrack. Sure. Uh, I'm also curious, you mentioned before that um, the, the Belmont the sort of racing will pick up again in September. Um, let, let's just kind of fast forward and assume that all the, the rubber stamps have been stamped and every, everybody's approval is gone is uh, you know gotten and the project has started in some way shape or form you know uh, shovels are in the ground and whatever what would that mean for the racing uh, portion of, of Belmont starting in September I mean they would obviously have to move some stuff around but they're not going to race while there's construction going on right Oh, there's no reason they can't. This is going to happen in a parking lot behind a grandstand. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I, I thought the same thing, too. And uh... that, there, There is a possibility in the future, if they need to, to run at Aqueduct. And, and, and Belmont is also planning to remodel. Uh, they're going to do a renovation, but they won't release their plans until the Islanders' plans are in stone. Because... Uh, you know, they they want to do it like they did at MSG in stages. Mm -hmm. So gotcha. they, they can rebuild part of the track while they're building the arena and they can stay away from the arena area until that's done. And the other thing is uh, that they're going to go full bore with the arena, the shopping and the, the uh, hotel and all the other stuff will come later. Mm hmm. It's not all going to open when when they're ready to play hockey. Gotcha. And, yeah. and we've we've heard. I I think. I mean, Dan, you can kind of confirm this is a case, and if I'm not misremembering, but since like this was announced or you know started to become a rumor that the Islanders were going to be be awarded the RFP to to Belmont or win the RFP, and it was it sounded like May this of this past May, which has already happened. Uh, was the you know definitely going to get the shovels in the ground uh, date or at least the target date? Um, what what kind of has been I guess the biggest hurdle that's pushed it back this this far? Is it has it been has like the the community? I know Elmont. There's you know a big pocket of that community that is resisting it. Is has that was that not really foreseen and that that they didn't really plan for the opposition to be that that loud and that's kind of pushed things back a little bit. No, I don't think there's really that big opposition. It's it's a small group with a loud voice. And uh, really what has held it up is that the environmental impact statement that came back needed to be amended. And they needed the time to do it. And instead of at the beginning of the second quarter, 
This is going to happen at the end of the second quarter, which is their anticipated timeline to begin with. So it's not really, uh, some people hoped it would be at the beginning of the second quarter. But when the uh, impact statement, uh, they had to go back and study it before the final one can be uh, released, that made it go to the end of the quarter. Yeah, we had heard uh, from Lou Lamorello, of all people, that he thought that the project could actually get started earlier than than expected. I thought, or did he say completed earlier than expected? I forget. But well, the deal <laughs> is, the deal is, the owners are committed to get this thing done on time, mm-hmm. and they'll go twenty four seven, three sixty five, pay whatever union overtime they need to to get it done. Yeah, uh, yeah th- you've been saying that a lot uh, in your column, and I keep reading it like. Wow, that's that's a complete departure from most what most Islanders owners have ever done. Usually, they wouldn't they don't even want to pay the players, let alone people to build an arena for them. So, that's well, it's a, a good thing. Yeah, Malkin builds things. That's his, you know, game. He he, he builds shopping centers, and uh, he he's the moving force in Albany, and uh, and Ledecky is the front man, and he's out there. Uh, greeting and and having the uh, you know face to face stuff. So uh, while well, one is doing one thing, the other one's doing the stuff behind the scenes too. Yeah, uh, you just don't get to see it or hear it, <laughs> which is how he likes it, I guess. Uh, yes, <laughs> that's how politics really works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, uh, but uh, Mike mentioned the opposition before, and yeah, I think it's something that we're all concerned about because we've seen loud voices kind of derail Islanders arenas going back for years. And, you know, one of the big things is traffic. And the other big thing is sort of the Long Island Railroad Station that really only points in one direction right now. It's only pointing west and people from the west can come to Belmont. But if you're coming from east, you can't. Um, That's still very much on the table. Right. But that's not really kind of an Islanders thing. I mean, obviously, they have a say in it, but that's more of an MTA racing association. Well, thing, right. There there is a spot at the very north end of Belmont's property that borders up to the Long Island Railroad. And they're looking if they could put a station there, which would serve both east and west. You'd have to take a little shuttle bus or something over to the arena from there. It's further away from the spur that exists now. But they were studying that. That's one of the things that they studied when they went back to this impact statement that could issue, uh, they were looking at different ways to accommodate Long Island Railroad. And that's one of the things that, that they're looking at. So it could be a mainline station. Um, oh, but, the, but it would be a different, the, they would move the, the platform, I guess, from where it is now to that upper spot. Is well, they'd have to build a new platform. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the, on one side is a park in a residential neighborhood. And on the other side is the racetrack. So there's room to build a platform on both sides. And I suppose, like many other stations, there could be a tunnel underneath or a bridge over, uh, you know, to cross from east to west. That'd be cool. That sounds like a lot of money. (laughs) Well, yeah. And and I'm sure the island is going to be asked to kick in. Yeah. Yeah. So... uh, you know, the, if they could work out something, I think they will. But I don't think that the railroad uh, is going to hold anything up. Hmm. I think that they will, you know, work on that after approval as well. One one other, you know, thing I think has been interesting is that this in the Islanders and Governor Cuomo have now all of a sudden been just like he's just been around. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Like, like he's just been there. It's, it's been very strange that like, like when the Islanders announced that they couldn't play, they, that NASA Coliseum was not a major league sports facility and that the Islanders, if they made the second round of the playoffs would play at Barclays center, that press release had governor Cuomo's name in it. Like this, this, so the, oh, this and, and he was there when they needed money to refurbish, to, to put in the communication system and, and, uh, redo the ice machines and, and the, uh, evaporators. And, uh, you know, they, I think they, they kicked in six or 7 million. So, you know, Cuomo's behind this and, and, uh, you know, I, I suppose it's the commissioner's job to worry about these things, but 
you know, he always has a plan B. And he went into this with no plan B, which says to me, he thinks it's a done deal. That makes sense. And I think that's interesting. And, and the, the thing I was thinking was like, if if things did get, you know, slowed down a little bit and, and you know, Cuomo, I know he's he's got a site set on a on a higher office and stuff like, is there any chance if he is not the governor of New York anymore <laughs> that the Islanders things can kind of go awry because they wouldn't have as big an ally uh, in that? cushy ob in the office well uh he's he'd be in office until january of next year i imagine this will be long done before then gotcha and uh you know you also too asked about the opposition i don't know if you know there's a group called the mega mall against the arena (laughs) well you know this retail shopping area is no mega mall Roosevelt Field is a mega mall. This is going to be more the size of Woodbury Commons. Uh, they cut, actually, the original plan called for uh, 435,000 square feet. It's been cut to 350,000 square feet. As a comparison, Roosevelt Field, 3.3 million square feet. <laughs> <laughs> so like this is no mega size. mall. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, so, no, you know, but... The- that's what Scott Malkin builds, right? I mean, that's his thing in England is building these retail villages like Woodbury Commons. If anybody's ever been up there, it's a it's a village. It's a it's an outlet mall, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what this would be. Uh, it's uh, it would be an outdoor, uh, not enclosed like Roosevelt Field. Well, Roosevelt Field at one time was outdoors, too. But, uh, you know, it would be like the Woodbury Commons and, and probably not even as large as that. Because it's got to fit in the south parking lot. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Woodbury Commons is kind of enormous. <laughs> I don't think it would, it would fit in there. But uh, yeah. But yeah, no, that, that's a funny thing. I, I, I remember seeing that like Mega Mall and a few people, Randy Marshall in particular from Newsday was like, what Mega Mall are you talking about? There's no Mega Mall here. This is very yeah, well. <laughs> Um I'm also curious, uh, and, and we would be remiss if we didn't ask you about this at some point, because uh, it was one of our favorite podcasts this year in which we talked about this. But uh you know, I, I don't know if it's, I mean, if how how into this, you know, section of this whole project you are, but um, people are should be concerned about how this is going to affect Nassau Coliseum. Uh, once the Belmont is built, uh, that's it. The Islanders will be out of the Barclays Center, Coliseum, Yormark, Ratner ecosystem and into their own ecosystem, which would be probably better for them, obviously. But uh there's still ties there. Uh, Bruce Ratner is the guy who built the, you know, refinished the Coliseum and Brett Yormark is the guy who runs it. And their motivations are all very strange. Um, you know, you've talked about how, how Ratner kind of did things to the Coliseum that maybe, uh, weren't quite on the up and up hoping that the Islanders would stay in Brooklyn. Uh, you wrote about it. We talked about it. Could you tell us more about the concretes and the toilets? I guess is what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I knew where you were going with that. <laughs> uh, my personal opinion is that they ran into some problems with uh, remediation of the, uh, the upper deck there. And, and that it was built at a time when they were using, um, materials that would be very expensive to uh, take out now. And instead of doing that, I think they just shut those down. The sweet the sweet the, level the, over yeah, there. The couple of suites that, that have been dark and closed are the ones that have the concrete and the toilets and, and have been uh, uh, they have asbestos problems up there. Right, which we've and, known about for some time with the Coliseum. Yeah, and, and that's and they they probably thought it was cheaper just to close it down than to remediate it. So I think that's what they did. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have proof of that, <laughs> but I, I think that they took the cheap way out there with the cement. Yeah. Uh, Which I think, so if we're looking at what, like a three ish year timeline, let's say through call it three seasons from now, uh, that they move to Belmont if, if all goes according to plan. The what like what what are they planning on just kind of you know ignoring the Coliseum as as it is and just being like yeah it's a temporary home for now or are they going to have you heard anything about 
you know, maybe are they going to put a little bit more money into it for next season or the in the year after that? Obviously, they they see like how much it means to the fan base and the community, and even like you know the the zeitgeist of the league. You don't, you couldn't read an Islander article on NHL.com or TSN for the last two weeks of the season without someone lauding Nassau Coliseum for being so great as a as a sporting arena. And uh, do you, I guess the question is like, do you think that they're going to you know take advantage of that or just kind of do what they did this year and just be like be like you know like almost almost it sounded almost like annoyed by how much people love the Coliseum. I don't know that they're annoyed. Uh, I, I think they're going to spend over a billion dollars to build this arena. Uh, I don't think they're going to put much more than they have to into the Coliseum. You know, they, they basically put lipstick on a pig when they refurbished it. So uh, I think that's what we're stuck with. And, and it might not, you know, it might not be three seasons. They, they're projecting that they could get in for the opening of the 21-22 season. That would be uh, that would be pretty awesome. That would be a pretty quick uh, turn. I mean, I guess quick in in the sense, but they, that that would require them to kind of get all those approvals you were talking about earlier done within sort of a week time frame, so they can start. Well, yeah, they they need to get started as soon as they can to meet that deadline. I, I suppose they could do a partial season at the Coliseum and at Belmont for that year if they're not done in time. But uh, I, I think that's the projection at this point. At least that's what's on the timeline of the ESD schedule. They, uh, if they do that, if they end up doing a, they, they should just throw a couple Barclays games in there. Just you know, try to t- touch them. Just touch them all at that point. Play you one at Yankee Stadium. Play yeah, one exactly. at City Field. Like who cares? Yeah, <laughs> play right. wherever. Play the uh, Winter Classic outdoors against the Rangers. Yeah, sure, <laughs> absolutely. City Field or play one at City Field, one at Yankee Stadium. Play it. Play one at the Meadowlands against the Devils. That'd be awesome. Do them all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just think it's so funny. Like this, Mark. The, the kind of you know universe that you live in now in in, in your line of work. Like the the Islanders are his team. That my dad. I was talking to him before about you know recording this with you, and he's just like they're they're the weirdest team in sports, and <laughs> and and I think that's true just because of how many layers there are to them. You know, there's we talked about the governor. We've talked about Woodbury Commons. There's just so much like this that is like woven into the fabric and. I think Dan and I, and I talk, say it all the time. Like we, we're of the camp that we won't believe this thing is happening until we are literally sitting in that seat watching a hockey game. And I think like it's just I I don't I still just can't foresee this going smoothly. And and, and I well, think that <laughs> there could be another bump or two in the road. Uh, when I asked Jack Stern of ESD, did he expect that? He says nobody always plans for the worst. And he wasn't saying the worst is going to happen, but he wasn't saying there couldn't be another speed bump or hurdle that they have to clear. Uh, So we're going to have to see how it goes. But, you know, this was first proposed by a racetrack guy, Uh, Michael Dubb, who's a builder and on the board at the racetrack, proposed this before they ever even went to Barclays, before they were looking at Willits Point. And it didn't go anywhere at that time. Uh, but Interesting. Was that was yeah. with, with Charles Wong, right? Like yes. Wong kind of saw yes. it and didn't see an arena there, right? Uh, I don't think he was willing to put up a billion dollars. <laughs> <Or that. laughs> and, and, you know, till they had owners that were willing to put up that kind of money, uh, the arena at Belmont wasn't going to happen. Hmm. And, uh, you know, Wong pretty much gave the... Uh, front office to, to Barclays too. Uh, you know, they were in charge of ticket sales and they were uh, just paying the Islanders a fee up to a certain amount. And if they did better, the Islanders would do better. Uh, but they had a guarantee. So he, he pretty much, you know, abdicated the financial responsibility of the team when they went to Barclays. Until the until they he sold it and the new guys had taken out and they they took over they just took over the business and I believe this year right this January I think was when they took it back so they hired a bunch of guys to it, to work on that they're, they're going to build the corporate offices there with the new arena is too oh okay uh, uh, from what I heard I, I mean that makes sense I think they're working out of the uh, the practice facility now uh, out of the 
next to the Coliseum. So, yeah, I was wondering about that, actually. Nobody really talks about that. <laughs> I completely thought, forgot about that. Uh, one last question uh, before sure. I let you go. And, and again, we really appreciate you. This has been great. Uh, this is a lot of really great information that I think a lot of Islander fans are really going to appreciate because we haven't heard any of this kind of stuff, and it's great. Um, one thing you mentioned, uh, and your articles are great because, like, in the comments, you're, you always – People ask questions and you answer them and it kind of lends, you know, even more texture and color and context to what you already wrote. And uh, one thing you mentioned in one of the, the comments to uh, a recent article was about how um, the Islanders owners have agreed to, to build a couple of parks in the community, uh, I guess, to offset, you know, some of the, the kind of industrial stuff that's going up there. Um, one, could you talk a little bit about those parks as much as you can? And, and also, um, is there other stuff that – I mean, Ledecky's everywhere. We saw him at the parade recently. I'm sure he was at the Belmont Stakes and the whole thing. Um, like, what are they doing to kind of get the community to accept this uh, and kind of, you know, brush off the whatever opposition there might be for it? Well, the two parks, including the Elmont Road Park, which is the closest one there, uh, is good PR. It's it's building a recreational space for the neighborhood, and uh, they they've done uh, a ton of meetings. Uh, I think uh, they've had uh, six public meetings, but they've been tours, uh, smaller things where they they've been taking tours of the community and having smaller meetings. And they, I think they listed 20 of those little tours that they've taken and uh, 16 community advisory committee meetings and meetings with elected officials. So there's a lot of ongoing communication between the Islanders and uh, local officials and, and state government too. So, uh, you know, you see a lot of Ledecky and, and uh, you know, he, he's, there as a public face, as a spokesman, and and uh, Malkin is doing the back stuff. He he he's working with the people in Albany and making sure that you know all the ducks are in a row. And uh, I think that uh, you know there, there's little things that have changed. Uh, uh, they want to move the hotel further away from the grandstand and keep it capped at 150 feet. It's things that aren't going to affect the Islanders, but it needs to be set in place before all this can be approved. Right. And the feeling at the racetrack, everybody there is that it's going to happen. Hmm. And uh, even so far as to uh, say some of the organizations have written letters to Naira, which is the association that runs the racing to save the trees in the paddock area and things like that. You know, so, so this is, you know, it, it is a topic of conversation there, but uh, it's a fait accompli. I think they, they, they realize it's going to happen and they just want to keep their pretty little racetrack areas. And, and, and Naira has their own plans to uh, rebuild. So, uh, nothing's going to be the same and, and nothing ever does stay the same. So, yeah. well, nothing's going to stay the same once the Islanders move in. I can tell you yeah, that right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and the Islanders have a big history at the track. They brought the cup out back in the glory days and they would come up to the press box and, and, and be at the races and, uh, you know, so certain, certain number of them like the horses, cool. including Butch. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody's more excited about this project than Butch. I could probably. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he was at the press conference. I saw him there at Belmont that day <laughs> when they announced it. He he didn't speak or anything, but he was there. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, well, Mark Berner, this has been absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much. This has been enlightening, illuminating. This is awesome. <laughs> it's been awesome. We really thank you. So, if you had to kind of ballpark a day when this whole thing finally gets announced and the whole thing, you know, can kick off and we can finally, you know, kind of look at it and be like, yes, this is the day. W what day kind of give or take, would you say? I hate to put you on the spot, but I'm going to do Well, that. I think the first announcement will come when the uh, final environmental impact statement is, is issued, which should be by the end of this month. Mm -hmm. And the second announcement will probably come within a couple weeks of that. I imagine that the, these boards will get to meet and vote as quickly as they need to because everybody knows this has to start. <laughs> yeah. And so, 
So mid-July, basically. I, yeah, I would yeah. think so. I, cool. I, I would hope. Sounds good. Well, we're going to hold you to it. <laughs> well, no, no, you can't hold me to it. <laughs> no, we won't hold you yeah. to it. We, we hold uh, nobody to anything. We're just, Mike and I just uh, kind uh, of My it. best guess is that's about when, how long it will take. Cool. Oh, uh, well, that's great. Well, we'll be on the lookout for it, and we will definitely be looking out for more of your columns at horseraceinsider.com. Anybody can read it. It's free. You can check it out. And, and like I said, I mean – Mark is in there. If you have a question, ask him in the comments because he'll answer you. <laughs> it's great. And we really uh, appreciate I, you coming on with us. I love that comment section. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of real characters in there. I got to tell yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, there are. <laughs> Railbirds. Uh, it's, it's great that I think the Islanders and, and, and Railbirds are, are a perfect marriage, honestly. <laughs> like there's, there's no better place for the New York Islanders than a racetrack, honestly. Well, I hope yeah. to see it happen soon. And yep. uh, I want to thank you guys for having me on. I really enjoyed this. Great. Thanks a lot. We've enjoyed it too. Yeah, definitely. We'll definitely check in when hopefully, you know, there's an announcement or something and we can do it again. I'll come right back. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks a lot. All right. All right. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, so that was great. Uh, Mark came on and, uh, and told us a lot of stuff that uh, we were really hoping to hear and, you know, gave us a real – Real clear update on what's going on, both in front and behind the scenes. And uh, boy, that was that was fun. And uh, I, the concrete in the toilets thing will never not be funny. But uh, <laughs> but all but all of it was great. I, I'm I'm really happy you came on. That was awesome. You you set that up. So thanks. <laughs> that was that was pretty great. Yeah, I, mean, I just I think it's an, it's been interesting an interesting ride that the past couple you know months and and the and we've had. I think if the Islanders were bad, we'd we'd be talking about Belmont a lot more. But since they were good, it kind of but Ledecky and Malkin and Cuomo and all the other cronies involved, like some time to kind of make sure their ducks are in a row behind the scenes before people are like, oh, wait, weren't we supposed to, you know, move to Belmont and get going on that? Uh, and now now we are. And uh, Mark uh, has get, gave us a bunch of information that, frankly, we needed because <laughs> nobody, nobody was telling us what was going on. So it's yeah. nice to hear that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, that's true, and that, that's a good point. I, <laughs> the Islanders had the Islanders not been up for a bunch of awards at the end of the year and made the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, I think we probably would have been talking about Belmont a lot more. But uh, but I'm glad we got him on, and I'm glad we could talk about him because it was pretty cool. And I think uh, again, a lot of people are going to enjoy what he had to say and uh, probably go back to it. And we'll have to keep our eyes open and ears open for some information uh, in a little bit. Uh, so just to wrap this up real quick, again, I mentioned it earlier. Um, award show is Wednesday the 19th. Draft is the 21st and 22nd. Islanders fans are going to want to tune in to both, obviously. Uh, the second half of the draft is usually like on NHL Network or something like that. Or if you want to listen to the radio, I don't recommend it because it's terrible to listen to a draft on the radio because all they talk about is the friggin' Leafs, uh, even when they're not making picks. But uh, the first the first uh, round of the draft is usually on uh, NBCSN. Um, I'll tell you right now, our uh, rivals, the Islanders' rivals, are going to get a lot better. And you're going to have to sit through it, but uh, we'll see where the Islanders end up because they might end up having somebody good fall to them or they might end up trading it or maybe making another trade. We'll have to see, but it's definitely going to be interesting. And uh, I have a feeling on Wednesday, a couple of guys are going to be walking home with some hardware, uh, particularly Barry Trotz and Robin Leonard. Um, We will be back probably not next week before that stuff, but uh, I think the week after we're going to get together, talk about whoever the Islanders drafted, talk about the awards. Uh, and then, you know, maybe we'll have one more after that talking about free agency and stuff like that. Hopefully by then we have some signings <laughs> that we can talk about and, and, uh, be happy about, but, uh, we'll have to see what happens. Um, you know, cause, uh, there are a few more, there's a few more weeks to go as, as happy as my wife was that there are no more games. I'm like, it's not over. It's, it's not over. You got to hang in there. There's still some more time here. So <laughs> keep going. Uh, yeah. Anything else? We, got, we think we covered everything, right? Oh, that's it. Yeah. Gotta help the Islanders and get these guys under un- signed, and we'll go from there. Yeah, uh, yeah, and God help them when uh, the Devils and Rangers all of a start, all of a sudden start pulling these guys out of the draft. Uh, so tell everybody uh, your Twitter account again. It's uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. The Big Lebowski with two E's. You should definitely follow Mike there. Uh, there was some controversy at the. Uh, Game five of the uh, Raptors Warriors NBA Finals with some booing uh, when Warriors star Kevin Durant uh, went down with injury. There was some cheering actually from uh, the Toronto crowd. And Mike has a lead on uh, the uh, ne'er do well that might have been leading that bad faith cheering. And if you see that person 
you should definitely call the authorities because <laughs> he should be arrested immediately and brought to trial for his crimes. So uh, <laughs> I'm not going to spoil who it is, but you should check out Mike's Twitter account to find out. Uh, we didn't mention this, but you can follow Mark Burner at Marco Burner on uh, on Twitter. That's M A R K O B E R N E R. Uh, we're going to put a link in the in the the post for this so you can follow him there but uh, you should definitely read his work at horse race insider even the horse racing stuff is really interesting i'm not a horse racing guy but uh it's interesting to see the sort of behind the scenes machinations especially here in new york you know about cuomo and the new york racing association it's all stuff that you know is kind of there but you know if you don't really think about it if you're not a horse racing guy but you know it's it's interesting to see how how it all works and you know when when you're not directly affected by it as uh as we are when the Islanders and politicians get together for Coliseum stuff. So you should definitely check that out. Uh, well, thanks, Mark, again for coming on with us. And we thank you for hanging out with us. And we will be back, not next week, but the week after, after the draft and the awards and all that stuff. All right. So thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.